Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from Luke Boyd. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. So the message is called God is with us. Um, I just want to ask, um, have you ever experienced a time with God where you've experienced something amazing and then um, a few days go on and as time would uh, have it, you encounter something that's not so great and then um, you sort of question where God is in all of this. Um, Where is God in, in all of this? I thought... Uh, you know, you might have had an amazing time and Tim Fergus may have prophesied over you and you go, oh, this is amazing, this is so good, I've got all this vision, I've got all this hope and then life goes on and beats you down and, and you get to a point where you're like, where is God in all of this? Where is he? Um, let's have a look at a scripture. It's John 1.51, isn't it, Mikey? It's definitely not one John uh, 151, that doesn't exist. I don't know why you would have ever thought originally to put 1 John up. It's probably because I sent it to you, but that's okay. It's actually John 1. And it says this, Then he said, this is in the New Living Translation, what I like to call one of the many hippie Bibles getting around, but I like this one. Uh, it says this, then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. That's Jesus talking about himself. Um, and it's, isn't it very interesting? It's a very interesting uh, thing to say. Love the Lord. He's always saying cool stuff. I find it very interesting as well. So now let's go back uh, to Genesis. So we, we've seen that scripture of uh, what Jesus was saying about himself. Let's like, go all the way back to Genesis. Uh, we're going to look at Genesis 28:10, and we'll go through a bit of a passage here. So you can read along with me if you want. That's in Genesis 28:10. It says this, Jacob left Bathsheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. Um, Before I go on, I just want to say that Jacob has just experienced something fantastic. He's received an incredible promise, an incredible blessing in his life. It's really, really good. Uh, There's all this promise. There's all this hope. He's feeling pretty good. But his brother wants to kill him now. Uh, We won't say why. He may have stole the promise, but that's okay. Um, Nevertheless, he received this incredible gift, and now he's on the run because his brother wants to kill him. Um, And he's stressed out. He's freaking. He's literally on the run. (laughs) Uh, he had to go and find a wife as well, so that's good. That's another blessing. He's got all this blessing coming his way, um, but it just so happens that he's, he's on the run for his life. Uh, so he stops. 
He takes a stone, he puts it under his head and lay down to sleep. And we'll pick it up in verse 12. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, uh, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I've done what I've promised you. And then in 16, one of my favorite verses, you may have heard me talk about this a lot, says, when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. I was not aware of it. So he has an awesome dream. Jacob has this incredible dream, and he dreams about a stairway with angels going up and down. Uh, Some translations say it's a ladder. Um, What is a stairway? What is a ladder? Isn't it good when you have the mic and you can say arbitrary questions and people just there going, tell me. (laughs) Um, It is as simple as this. A ladder connects you to something that you couldn't get to before. So you might put a ladder up to a roof. You couldn't get to the roof before you put the ladder there. You put the ladder there, now you can get to it. Does that make sense? Um, You've got ground floor, you've got uh, level one or level two. You can't get to that unless there's a staircase. So it's something that connects uh, a space to another space, right? We get that. It's it's simple. (laughs) It's not complex. Um, And so I guess... What, what he's seeing is a connection being made between heaven and earth. Who is in heaven? God, right? Yeah? Yeah. Who is on earth? Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a connection being made between God and us. There's a connection being made between God and us. Love that. Love that. A connection between God and us. In the first verse we read, we see Jesus and he's announcing something. He's announcing that it is in fact himself that is the very ladder that Jacob dreamed about. Jesus is the one that's connecting God to us. Jesus is the one that gives us the connection for us and God to connect. Love that. I love it. Absolutely. Um, And Jesus does this uh, so, so perfectly, so beautifully. Jesus, fully God, fully man, connects us to God right in the middle. Jesus, fully God, reaching out is God. He is God, yet he is man, and he brings us together in the middle and connects us. I love the imagery. It's beautiful. It's so good. And why does he do it? He's doing it to reveal to us that God loves us. He's revealing God's forgiveness, God's hope, uh, God's God's blessings, God's love for us. This, This phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal thing. So good. 
It's so good. So when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He's on the run. He's, he's freaking out. Uh, he wakes up and realises that God is right there with him in the midst of a not-so-good situation. He's on the fly, he's on the run. He was completely unaware that there was a God that was right there with him in the midst of this trial. He had no idea, he didn't feel God, didn't know he was there. He woke up to an awareness of the fact that God is in this place. And on some level, I believe as Christians, we all at some point need to wake up to the fact that God is with us and we might not be aware of it. Um, and it's one of, one of the things that I love to try and do. I try and be very conscious and mindful of this. love to practice that very awareness. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. Um, you might be going along, it's like, what's going on? I don't know. Sit, be still. Practice an awareness of the fact that God is there with us. Um, right there, all along. Right there, all along. And so we remember that in verse 15 of Genesis 28, we see God make the promise, I am with you. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. Wherever you go. God is with us. Can I get a mm-hmm? Can I get a mm? Yes. God is with us. <laughs> um, God is with us. Emmanuel. Um, that's a word that gets thrown around a lot at Christmas, right? Emmanuel. Uh, it's one of the names of Jesus. One of the names that is given to Jesus. Uh, Jesus has lots of names attributed to him, like um, Prince of Peace, uh, Lion of the Tribe of Judah, uh, plenty of them, right? We all know that. And one of those names is Emmanuel, which literally means God is with us. And we sing lots of cool carols about that. And it's awesome. Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God is with us. So good, so good. So just before that bright star shone and over Bethlehem and just before all that, like Pastor Phil's uh, said uh, in his message before, uh, last Sunday, there was 400 years uh, where God wasn't speaking to the people the way he used to. Um, some people call it uh, the silent years, those 400 years, the silent years. Um, but don't be fooled, God never left. Um, he was still there, still making everything work, um, still making sure everything is going according to plan. Um, but in many ways, he wasn't communicating to uh, his people the way he used to, and people started to be a little bit worried about where God was. <laughs> uh, they were a bit freaking out. Where's God? I don't know. Um, the Roman Empire come in and really shake things up. The Pharisees grow in their strength 
and grow in the, the grip that they have over the people through religion and fear. And so the people are not in great shape. Um, you've got the Roman Empire crushing the people of God. You've got the Pharisees as well in their own way, bringing their own oppression and crushing the people of God. Um, it, it wouldn't take much to imagine that the people are starting to think that this God that they've heard of um, in the generations has disappeared. He's far away. He's far off. He's in some far off place, uh, maybe called heaven. <laughs> but he is far. And um, it's not also hard to imagine that people's doubts and hurts and struggles were very real under Roman, under the Roman Empire and under the Pharisees' grip on, on the people's view of God. So it wasn't so great. There was a lot of real doubts, there was a lot of real hurts, and there was a lot of real struggle uh, happening at that time. And um, so Jesus, here we go, the star shone, a baby was born, and Jesus bursts onto the scene. Oh. So good. <laughs> so good. And let's, he, he, he bursts on the scene. When he starts his ministry, he has an announcement. It's really important. Jesus, he's starting his ministry. He has an announcement to make. And what is it? Let's have a look in Mark 1, 15. The time has come. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God Has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Believe the good news. Repent. He's saying, return, return, because he knows that the people would have been struggling with this idea of God being distant, especially in their times of struggle and doubt and hurt. He says, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, believe the good news. So good. So good. God, his promises and his ways are no longer far off, but close, Jesus is saying. Yes, even in the midst, even in the midst of your doubts, and your hurts, and your struggles. And so Jesus went on and preached the good news. Not scary news that was only good for some and bad for the rest. He actually went around and preached this scandalous good news that was strictly inclusive, where no one was left out, where no one was left out. All the people that the Pharisees and the Roman Empire rejected and oppressed the good news was for all of them, all of them. No one was left out. All the people that society deemed as uh, outcasts, all the people that got pushed to the side, they were included in this good news, this good news that went for all people everywhere. Phenomenal, phenomenal. And um, <laughs> yeah. 
Jesus preached the love, the forgiveness, and the grace of God was available and rushing towards all people. It's like, you know, Jesus goes on and he starts to describe God. He starts to describe the kingdom in all these different parables um, after he announces the fact that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. And then he just starts to describe God. Starts to describe God's love in the picture of the prodigal son where there's a father and there's a wicked and rebellious son. Not one that's kept the laws, not one that's been done right by the father. He's outright wicked and he's totally rebellious. And when he sees him, he runs to him with arms open. With arms open. Phenomenal. This is the God that Jesus is trying to tell the people, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know how you, you, you think that God's like this. Let me show you what God's really like. He's like the God that runs to you with arms wide open, even when you've been a complete goose. He's the God that leaves the 99 that are safe and goes after the one stupid sheep that chose to go off and wander and get himself lost. The sheep could have stayed with the 99, but it chose to wander. Sheep always stay together. They love to stay together. This idiot rounded off. Jesus is showing God as the one that goes after that one. Into their wilderness. Into their stupidity. Meet them where they're at. Pick them up. Walk them home. So good. <clears throat> Let's just have a look at something, church. Can we go to Colossians 1, 15 to 20? So Jesus, he's come. He's announced that the kingdom is here. And that God is good and that he loves us and his forgiveness and grace is rushing towards us. Jesus is in town. He's changing. He's rewriting the people's idea of God. He's rewriting the people's thoughts of God. They had their thoughts developed and ingrained under the oppression of the empire, under the oppression of the Pharisees and under this this crazy time where it seemed as if he wasn't there he's completely rewriting the way they looked at God and this is I love this I, I love this passage it's one of my favorites in the whole the whole thing um, and so Jesus after doing all this announcing all this good news after preaching all this good news he does something radical he does something radical and let's just check this out in Colossians 1, 15. It says, The Son, this is talking about Jesus, the Son is the image of the invisible God. So in case these people didn't really know who God was, uh, he's letting them know who God is, what he's like. The Son is the image of the invisible God. You want to know what God's like? Take a look at what Jesus was like. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. 
For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. It's one of my favorite passages. Jesus, the ladder, the connector between humanity and God, announces all this incredible news, rewrites the people's views of God, does the most incredible things, goes to the cross. Why? To, to make the connection complete and eternal, deals with the sin problem through his death and resurrection, deals with it. And here we are. When he's on the cross, says, this is, this is phenomenal. This is so, I, I find this so amazing. And I know a lot of you may already know this, but I just think it's such a beautiful um, piece of imagery that takes place here. So Jesus on the cross, let's go to Matthew 27, 50, 51. Jesus is on the cross. You could imagine even some of the disciples at this point just going, where is God? Where is God now? Where is God now? He's on the cross and says this, um, and when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The curtain, which represented the separation between God and man. That thing got ripped in two. The thing that was supposed to keep God's beautiful, intimate, most holy presence, the, that curtain, that thing that was meant to keep us from it was ripped in two. Where was God? He burst forth from the Holy of Holies and was everywhere. 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 It wasn't contained by a curtain. He wanted to rewrite these thoughts that we had of God as being far away. He wanted you to know that he is amongst us, that God is with us. God is with us. The curtain was torn. This is the profound thing, especially to the people at the time. They knew what the curtain represented. They knew that only one person could go behind it once a year. The curtain got torn and no one died. They had this fear, this thought that if that curtain was torn, that people would die in the presence of God. The sin problem was dealt with. The presence of God is everywhere. No one's dying. 
He's wanting everyone to know that God is with them. God is there for you. Right in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, God is with us. So good. So God no longer wanted to be known as being separated from us. God never wanted to be viewed as being behind a curtain only to be experienced by a select few. The curtain was torn and the revelation that God is with us went bonkers. That revelation went viral. Uh, The good news spread like wildfire and the world has never been the same. It's never been the same. Never been the same. Oh, so good, so good. God is with us. This is Christmas, people. Christmas is a time to remember and celebrate that God is with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So the God who was thought of as far off, the God who was thought of as far off, Oh, God turned up to the meeting today. God, would you please be here? God, would you please be here? The God who was thought of as far off wanted to be known that He has been here the whole time. We used to think that heaven was somewhere way up there. That heaven was somewhere way up there. The gospel, the gospel people, okay, the gospel speaks of a God that loves us so much. (laughs) The gospel speaks of a God that loves us so much that he brought himself and his whole kingdom right here in the midst of ours. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is here. He's not far off. He brought himself and his whole kingdom here right in the midst of ours, right in the midst of ours. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Where is God? He's with us. Where is God in my situation that sucks? He's here with us. God, may we become aware. May we be like Jacob and wake up And become aware that you are always with us in the midst of everything that goes on. You never leave nor forsake. You are the constant in our life. You never leave nor forsake, God. You are with us. You are with us. You are with us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you brought your kingdom here. You brought your kingdom here. Thank you, God. The kingdom of heaven has come. The kingdom of heaven has come. The curtain has been torn 
and you are good and you love us so much and you are with us. You are with us. You are with us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.